what's up? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Muse Room. My name's Katie, and I will be your host as we meander into the lives of inspiring and creative people. This is a hub for makers, thinkers, dreamers, and anyone else that is doing the work or is aspiring to do the work that they truly want to be doing. Welcome back to the podcast and hello from Nashville. I am no longer technically a Clevelander. I'll always hold space in my heart for Cleveland. It gave me the opportunity to start this podcast and build a community for myself. But I'm in Nashville now. I was never meant to be in Cleveland forever. And in the future, you can expect to hear interviews with creatives from Nashville. But I will continue to pepper in a few from Cleveland here and there. And that brings me to today's episode. It's a conversation that I recorded back in April with Miranda Scott the founder of a witchcraft store in Lakewood, Ohio, called Coven. Miranda joins us on Museroom to tell us about her journey into spirituality and how that eventually led to opening her witchcraft store in Lakewood. It is a long conversation, and Miranda shares openly about having an identity outside of being a mother, her brief excursion into Catholicism, dealing with the loss of both of her parents, and how that led to her spiritual path. Before we get into this episode, I do want to let everyone know that there are some subjects in our conversation that may be triggering for people. We talk about trauma, grief, loss, suicide, and mental health. There is a time in our conversation where we talk heavily about those things pretty deeply, so in the show notes, I included a timestamp of when that is, so if you want, you can skip through that section. I totally understand and support you. Have you all heard of HoneyBook? If you're an online business owner or freelancer, this is a tool I highly recommend using. I'm not the best in keeping stuff organized, and let me tell you, HoneyBook is a game changer. It helps me book my clients more efficiently, and it keeps everything in one place. I keep all of my client info in there, send contracts and invoices. And if you're anything like me and you get overwhelmed by contracts and what they need to say and how to structure them, then HoneyBook is going to be a lifesaver for you. They actually have templates for that. And not just contracts, there are templates for invoices, proposals, emails, and more. And if you charge an hourly rate, they even have a tool to track your time. Honestly, it's the best and I'd be lost without it. So if you'd like to give it a try, you can use my code Catherine72965 to get 50% off. Just click the link in the show notes and use the code K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E 72965 to get 50% off. So tell me, what is inspiring me right now? What's inspiring me right now? Um, I would say like... The remodel at Coven definitely is really inspiring me. It like has just given me like a whole new like I just like looked back on like my last year of working at Coven and I'm like wow like I worked like almost every single day and mm-hmm. like barely took a day off and like even on my quote unquote days off you know I was working mm-hmm. essentially whether that be like buying product or paying right. bills or answering people back on Instagram or whatever you know and um, now I feel like with the remodel like I'm just so set to just. Mm-hmm 
grind like a whole nother year just like really hard and it's giving me um yeah just a lot of positive energy and then also my daughter like she's mm. getting ready to finish up kindergarten she's six what's her name um her name is Charlize, but we call her charlie i love that so yeah we dropped the z and call her charlie um although she's been writing charlie's on all of her schoolwork so i've been <laughs> calling her charlie's a little bit i don't know she's really come out of her shell this year she's become like kind of extroverted and pretty outgoing because she started out being pretty Mm -hmm. like an introverted quiet child so she's really kind of like coming into her own and I'm just excited to like spend the the summer with her and like have some days that aren't so like rushed and scheduled Mm -hmm. and like that's making me really excited yeah feeling inspired will she spend a lot of time at the shop no (laughs) (laughs) no um so everyone asks me that I know she'll eventually get to an age where she can come here with me yeah and that's kind of the idea right is like working for for myself like my parents always worked for themselves and I spent a lot of time like growing up like doing things with my parents Mm -hmm. um but and I do hope she gets to that age but right now she's at the age where she like will bring her toys bring her ipad bring her crayons and like she says that she's gonna like stay with me all day and then like five minutes after she gets here she's like rolling around on the floor being like (laughs) i'm bored i want to go home i want to play with luna which is her cousin Mm -hmm. which is who my cousin watches my daughter all day for me and she has a little cousin that's like 10 months Mm -hmm. older than her so they're like sisters right so she's like i want to go over there and then like it's just you know she starts tearing everything off the shelves and Mm -hmm. does witchcraft play a role in your daughter's life at all or are you just kind of letting her kind of come and come into it however it happens yeah however it happens like I don't um you know witchcraft is a spiritual path for me although we talk about it and she'll always say like my mommy's a witch or (laughs) I've asked her a couple times like when you grow up are you going to be a witch you know even though she's already like witchy as fuck like Mm -hmm. she's major empath super intuitive her moon's in Gemini so she is like all over the place like with her emotions and like just she's very powerful she's like a firecracker so just like she's already you know stands in her power a lot and that's really essentially a lot of what it is you know besides Mm -hmm. you know you don't have to necessarily like spell cast and all that um but I've I've asked her before a couple times like oh are you gonna be a witch and she'll like say like no she's not gonna be that when when she grows up I haven't asked her for a little while what she's gonna be when she grows up but the last time I did ask her she said she was gonna work at McDonald's (laughs) and she said that she was gonna hunt ghosts as like her hobby job hunt ghosts do do you think she sees ghosts ever I don't think she does I always I I mean I can't say I always but I did have paranormal experiences as a kid Um, but so far no she's never said anything to me about seeing anything or Mm -hmm or anything like that so but um her and her cousin like love spooky things spooky stories um scary movies halloween like my daughter's mm-hmm. always loved that type of stuff so they play like ghost hunter that's so sometimes fun. like at her at their house and they like will make the little equipment and mm-hmm. like things like that so yeah i guess that's where she gets yeah. that from that she's mm-hmm. gonna do it when she's an adult <laughs> yeah so how has just your experiences in life and your spirituality and your experience with witchcraft how has that helped shape you as a mother and how you raise your daughter yeah I mean I guess I never really um thought about it like that I think that you know coming into like my spirituality it's like I realize one of the biggest things that brought me into my spiritual path 
and and like my authentic self was that I really all of a sudden grasped that I was gonna die one day mm-hmm. prior to like really grasping that and realizing that and having certain experiences occur in my life I would not really think about death at mm-hmm. all and and would kind of spend most of my days very like robotic like get up get ready, just go, go to work, it. come home, order Chinese food, watch reality television, mm-hmm. go to bed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just kind of like, that's it. And like, just kind of going through the motions. And then all of a sudden, I just like grasped, um, holy fucking shit, like I'm gonna die one day. And it started making me, I guess, I don't know, just like, find a nice balance of like really being present with my daughter like when I'm with her and like I I, and like but then also doing for me as well and like spirituality has also helped me find an identity out of being a mom Mm -hmm. because when I first had my daughter like I was so concerned about like falling in line and like I'm trying to say this in the most PC Mm -hmm. way because I don't want people to misinterpret what I'm saying. I love being a mom. It's like my greatest joy. It is the light of my world, but I am not only a mom. Right. So like Mm -hmm. when I first had her, you know, it was a lot of like falling in line and like making sure to take her to like little gym and like Mm -hmm. making sure I like wore conservative clothing and like didn't really care about like my hair and makeup anymore, even though that was something that I used to really love and like things like that. And, and like my spirituality kind of helped me find like a balance in between like being a, being a good mother and being compassionate and loving toward my daughter, but also being a good, a good example of like not losing myself in it and showing her that you can have an identity outside Mm -hmm. and maybe not even have kids, maybe not even be a mom, that that's not the only role a woman plays. And so that has, it has helped me feel more more empowered in that way and I feel like being my authentic self working really hard doing a business that I really love things like that it's just like even though it's time spent away from her and I kind of had this idea of like wanting to be like a stay-at-home white picket fence mom Mm -hmm. at one time that being my authentic self is like honestly the best gift that I could ever give her and my authentic self is a big part of that is being a witch and practicing Mm -hmm. witchcraft and that's uh I guess not the norm but Mm -hmm. like that's you know I think a good I'm setting a good example for her yeah I think we're taught to when we're mothers that we can't really think about ourselves in a way and we can't really have an identity outside of it it's just like something that I think now is starting to kind of unfold and we're starting to unpack that I'm not a mother myself but yeah no for sure Mm -hmm. I mean I look back now and like you know my mom has passed on now and like people will ask me all the time like not all the time but you know when we're having conversations about my mom you know people will be like well what was your mom like or like what's like one memory that you can think of that like really made you laugh or like what what was like a hobby that she had or like whatever and I can't tell you you know Mm -hmm. what I mean I I didn't know my mom beyond being a mom like Mm -hmm. she didn't really have an identity but like don't get me wrong I mean she was like the greatest mom ever you know and I I love I love her dearly still but yeah I mean trying to think of like what sort of hobbies I mean she kind of like lost those things Mm -hmm. a long time ago and like quit doing them quit like and that was beyond just being a mom but like other circumstances but yeah I mean she really kind of like lost herself and got caught up in that being like her own identity and she did it really well but like yeah I mean I I, you know I guess as my mom is like passed on now I hope that she's kind of like exploring 
more of her authentic self and more of who she is you know did she like to travel did she like to do art mm-hmm. like those were really things that unfortunately she didn't get the time to really like take yeah you know she didn't get the to take the time to explore any of that you know mm-hmm. so yeah I mean I definitely feel like I'm doing things different and kind of breaking that cycle you know right yeah and did you you had your daughter before you kind of had that spiritual breakthrough is that true I did yeah yeah my daughter's six so my daughter um was two years old Mm -hmm. when my mom passed away Mm -hmm. and that was kind of like the big shift that occurred for me yeah yeah okay Mm -hmm. I want to get into that deeper but let's go back a little bit so you're from Illyria Mm -hmm. and what was your childhood like were you did was magic at all a part of your life were you intuitive as a child what what were you like as a kid yeah um I mean I was extremely like compassionate as a child I very much cared about the feelings of everyone else around me I now know that to be like emotional intelligence which I still consider myself to be very like emotionally intelligent and self-aware and that's something that I've hung on to not really um because I'm not really like an academic you Mm -hmm. you could say so I really hold on to that so yeah I mean growing up I definitely cared a lot about other people the world I've always had like an entrepreneurial side you could get you could say like that runs in in my blood it's a part of like my DNA I come from like a long line of like people who are like kind of entrepreneurs and essentially would work for themselves one way yeah. or another no matter what that looks like mm-hmm. but yeah so you know I would like have like a lemonade stand and then like would like ask my mom if she could send like a portion of my money to like some like save the ocean slash like save the sharks (laughs) Mm -hmm. like fund like um I always wanted to be a marine biologist growing Mm. up I was really interested in like the ocean um, which now like knowing more about like myself like I'm a Scorpio which is like a water sign Mm -hmm. um and it's like quote unquote like the deepest of the signs so like we're really deep really Mm -hmm. intense like the ocean so it's like I was always like attracted to that as a Mm -hmm. kid before I ever even seen the ocean I mean I didn't even get to see the ocean until I was like 11 years old or something but yeah and then I always loved swimming in the lake I was always like a water baby stuff like Mm -hmm. that um but yeah always intuitive always thinking about how I could save the world how I could take care of the planet how I could do my part, how I moved around a lot as a kid. So I always knew what it felt like to be like the new kid at school. Yeah. And so anytime I kind of did find my footing for a while in a school and like I was there for like maybe an entire school year um, and anybody else new came in, I was always concerned about like taking them under my wing and like making sure they knew where everything was and like tutoring them and getting them up to speed with anything that they needed help with like that I I was like voted like nicest girl in my class like in the fifth grade like I was always just nice mm-hmm. you know never just, picked on yeah. anybody never was quiet introverted just always friendly and... always friendly mm-hmm. kept to myself but oftentimes you know that as I got older would um you know kind of translate into being a doormat a little bit you know when you're constantly just like so nice like all the time and like don't really speak up for yourself yeah like people will take advantage of you so that that would happen and then um and then your question about magic is yes I do recall like I grew up watching the movie The Craft Mm. and I used to think that movie was like so dope and like (laughs) 
I always like would play Sarah, like that's the natural witch, you know. Which one is that? Um, I, I just watched the movie like this past year for oh, the first time. Yeah, yeah, because you're younger than me, so yeah, it's like you're you're probably like I I showed that movie too to one of my younger friends who had never seen mm-hmm. it. I'm like, what? Like you've never seen this movie? Like it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah was the one who like moved from San Francisco to oh, LA and was yeah. like the new student. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she kind of had like she was naturally a witch, so mm-hmm. she wasn't really like studying it. She was like an intuitive which mm-hmm. which honestly is how I still feel today you mm-hmm. know I'm less of an academic and more of an intuitive so um these are just things that I feel a lot of times inside of me you know but yeah so I remember like going outside and like playing that with my cousin like collecting all these different things from nature and like mm-hmm. making potions and stuff like that and then I think I was like maybe like 13 when I got dial-up internet for the first time and uh you know the like like the buzzing sound yeah, come on and mm-hmm. be like wow like, this is so cool um the very first thing i ever typed into a search bar was witchcraft actually wow yeah so um but all that was on the internet it was a lot of stuff about salem massachusetts mm-hmm. And how the two little girls got, like, possessed by the devil and, like, because they were, you know, talking to Tichiba, who was from the islands, and, like, she taught them about, you know, magic and voodoo and whatever, and, uh, and, and so, yeah, and so, you know, it scared me, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, like, maybe I really shouldn't get into that, because yeah. I, I was going to the library and, like, looking at books about, like, just different things, like astrology, chakras, like, mm-hmm. Wicca, like, things like that, you know, I would, like, flip through them, but, like, actually, after reading that on the internet, I was just like, oh, like, maybe I shouldn't mess with it, and then it just be, kind of came, like, you know, an afterthought, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I didn't really grow up in a religious household at all, so it kind of just spirituality just really didn't speak to me Mm -hmm. much until like later in my life yeah yeah can you maybe talk about the difference between an intuitive witch and and more of an academic witch yeah I mean I think that like I think you can be both and then I think sometimes you can be one or the other Mm -hmm. and like um yeah a lot of like you know my practice and the way that like I've guided myself and like different avenues that I've taken has just been strictly intuitive not Mm -hmm. so much like picking up a book and being like oh well in order to be a witch you have to like practice this type of magic and you have to have all these supplies in your cabinet and like whatever you know I've just always kind of been like oh like I feel really I feel really connected to the moon like I'm starting to notice that like when the moon's really full I feel some type of way you know Mm -hmm. I feel anxious or overwhelmed or whatever and then when the new moon comes around I'm like watching like my cycle and like I'm like oh I'm feeling really energized and like I feel really good and like maybe this is a good time to do you know maybe a spell about like you know starting a new project or like getting myself motivated about like you know different things that I want to like check off my list this year and like different you know goals that I want to accomplish or whatever you know all of those things have just kind of been um intuitive and like I I, I, yeah that's just that's just the only way that I can Mm -hmm. kind of explain it you know um I also will buy like five different books and like not read like through all of them fully Mm -hmm. and my friend just posted on uh her story her Instagram story today like I don't know who needs to read this but finish that damn book or whatever (laughs) and like I'm that you know like I'll like start a book and then like never finish it like Mm -hmm. I have five different ones that are like unfinished right now so Mm -hmm. yeah I just have a hard time like sitting down and actually like intensely studying something you know Mm -hmm. but I'm like yeah I totally like feel that you Mm -hmm. know and I I totally like 
I feel like inside I like understand it and like that works for me yeah that sort of thing if that makes sense no it does make sense yeah so you were kind of in high school you were kind of flipping through the books not quite yeah quite I, wouldn't into even say it. In, I wouldn't even say in high school I would say when I was more like 13 oh, okay. like right on the verge of like yeah. going into high school mm-hmm. no high school high school I was just at that point I had, like, there's only so long you can be raised by a family where, like, no one graduates, no one goes to college, no one talks about college, no one talks about the future. Mm-hmm. Um, like, my parents thought this school was, for lack of a better word, quote-unquote stupid. Um, my dad thought that college was stupid. So it was kind of just, like, I kind of stopped having interest by the mm-hmm. time I reached high school. Mm-hmm. Like, when you don't have a family that's, like, kind of, like, encouraging you to, like, explore your interests, yeah. um, those sorts of things. Like, I was really artistic my whole life, and then especially in high school, I got really into that. And, like, I got the opportunity to go to, like, New York City for, like, two weeks to, like, mm-hmm. intern and mm-hmm. do something. Like, I, I don't even remember what it was. Yeah. And, like, my parents, like, wouldn't let me go. Oh, mm-hmm. So it's just, like, none of my interests at that point were being, like, encouraged or, yeah. like, stimulated, really. So at that point, I just wasn't I, – I, I wasn't doing homework at all. I'm a high school dropout, actually. I got my GED when I turned Mm -hmm. 18, um, but I didn't finish school. I went to one day of, like, 11th grade, and I quit. And I was already, like, living on my own in my own apartment at that point and, like, doing my own thing. I kind of just didn't have any interest at all. I guess you could say I quit doing my homework, I quit having interest, and kind of just, like, went into survival mode of just, like, got a job, moved out, those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I probably stopped reading about, like, astrology and anything wicca based or like spiritual based when i was about like 13 years old yeah yeah so at that point when you dropped out of high school you were just kind of you said you were in survival mode yeah i mean i was just trying to find my footing in the world like trying to make money i started working in retail those sorts of things um and uh yeah just like you know counting pennies and nickels to like go walk across the parking lot to like the grocery store that I Mm -hmm. lived by and like buy I was like vegan at the time so I would buy myself soy mint chocolate chip ice cream and like that's what I would have for dinner (laughs) and like it it was just yeah it was just like a little bit of food a little bit of money a little bit Mm -hmm. of gas in my car which was only like I think like 99 cents a gallon at the time (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um and then trying to pay get my rent paid and that was pretty much it so Mm -hmm. you know and I start I started doing that when I was 17 so Wow. Yeah. And then at one point you opened up a vintage shop. So what happened from that point when you were 17, just trying to survive, and then opening up that shop? Yeah, I was dating that guy. Um, I dated him for like four and a half years, which would take me to, I think, what, like 18, 19, 20, 20, which would take me to 21. So like, but even when I was dating him, I mean, I still had a really close relationship with my parents. Mm -hmm. I would go visit my parents all the time. Um, I actually, this sounds weird and like super off the cut, but like I got into Catholicism because like I said, yeah, I, I went from like kind of like being interested in like astrology, spiritual stuff when I was little, then to kind of like I said, I had a period of time where I really didn't believe in anything. I guess I was kind of like atheist or something. Mm -hmm. Like I just didn't believe in a God at all. And, um, through that guy that I was dating, I, there was, um, an older woman that he worked with and she had lost her husband and she was Catholic and she was like, I'm really sad that I don't have anyone to go to Catholic church with anymore. And she didn't say Catholic church, but church. And I was, Mm -hmm. she was like, you know, I would love it if you guys would go with me. And so I was like, like I said, I've always been like a compassionate, Mm -hmm. kind person, no matter if I'm in survival mode or whatever. Like I've always loved people connecting with people. 
and just kind of like down for whatever you know right. i'm open-minded mm-hmm. you know so i was like yeah i'll go with you like older woman who needs someone <laughs> to sit next to her oh. and so um and that was the first time i'd ever seen and that that is kind of funny because catholicism is very heavily influenced by paganism mm-hmm. and that's that was the first time i saw anything like ritualistic and i thought that it was like dope as fuck like really? i thought the incense and the candles and the statues of the saints and um, and all that I thought it was like so cool and like and, and besides it being cool and like being beautiful and all that it really did it gave, gave me a feeling inside for, mm-hmm. the, for the longest time that I hadn't felt in a very very long time yeah and then I went on this crazy thing where like I wanted to I, I became Catholic like I went through the whole thing to like really? become Catholic yeah oh my gosh. and um I and I and I got back into like that 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 shit that I used to like to do when I was a kid like I really have always loved like doing my part and so um through the catholic church i would volunteer at like a lot of soup kitchens and things like that and like it sounds so random but it's Mm -hmm. just true my dad used to be like you are so weird i'm just like i don't know i just love it you know i love connecting with people um i i guess that was like the first time where you know it had started to connect to me that people had a higher self yeah and Catholicism kind of was like that gateway to like kind of seeing everyone's higher self essentially Mm -hmm. that it didn't matter if you were poor and homeless or if you were rich and whatever it doesn't matter like we all have a soul you know and like we all have a higher self that is unfortunately sometimes we get disconnected from in our lifetime you know be due to mental illness circumstances whatever but nonetheless you know there it is and and these people to me are beautiful and like um and I I love the catholic church for a little while I did and um so that was kind of me getting back into like some sort of spiritual path. Right. Like I, I needed something. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just, I needed to believe in something, right. you know? And so. When did um, you realize that it just wasn't for you? Prob- Catholicism. Probably like off and on, like kind of just after a while, I'm just like, you know, there were just things that I would start to learn about the Catholic church. And, and just one of the things is like how like, you know, transubstantiation essentially, which is like where they turn like the bread into like the flesh of christ they turn the wine into the blood of christ it's essentially like magic right it's like mm-hmm. this ritual where they perform magic and then yeah. all of a sudden now it's this flesh it's this blood whatever but like but women can't women can't mm-hmm. do it and then there was you know uh, there was a lot of conflicting things because i've all always also been like into like punk rock music and um, you know, whatever, like, I don't know, like, at the time when I was younger, it's like, you know, anarchy, and like, whatever, you know, and, like, and so, you know, there was also this other side of me that was, like, open-minded and progressive, and, like, so then when it would come to the Catholic Church's stances on certain things, like, yeah. pro-life and, um, you know, no sexual education right. mm-hmm. and, um, you know, women can't have sex at a wedlock, whatever, I'm just like, well, that's kind of bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, so I've also always been this like spiritual person that wanted to believe in something and wanted to see people's higher selves. But like, also like, I don't believe in like condemning someone for being a human being essentially, yeah. which mm-hmm. is like, you know, having sex out of marriage. Okay, Absolutely. big deal. Yeah, you know, being queer. You know, I'm queer. You know, and I always and that was another thing. You know, the Catholic Church doesn't. Yeah. You know, approve of that. And like, that's something that I always felt like deep down inside. And and. Um, I didn't come out as queer until, well, I can't, that's another thing that I'm going backwards, but I came out as queer to my parents in high school, but, Mm -hmm. um, living in the suburbs and it was only so long of like only dating guys and like never meeting any queer women that I was just like, oh, like, 
uh, I guess I just made that up, you know, mm-hmm. I guess I'm not really gay or whatever. And, and then you just feel invalidated in your queerness after a while. And so, you know, but that was another thing that I always knew that I was deep down inside. And, um, and when I would hear people in Christianity talk that, you know, in a cruel way about, mm-hmm. a you know, someone who, you know, is queer, you know, it, it's just like, I, that didn't align with me. Yeah. And then especially after I had my daughter, I'm like, even though it feels good to kind of like be a part of something spiritual, um, I could never expose my daughter to that. No. And mm-hmm. so, um, that was especially when I was just like, yeah, I'm just not like a practicing Catholic, you know? Right. And, um, and, and I do still have a spiritual relationship with God, but I feel like God is now, my higher self. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's everyone's higher self and it's a collective it's a collective consciousness, which is essentially what every religion is trying to say anyway, right. even the Catholic it's Church. The it's all the same. It's God is within you. Like it's we are all connected, you know, and so it's it's the same thing except for I'm not exposing my daughter to an organized religion mm-hmm. that is going to make her feel bad for yeah. having sex or using birth control yes. so they can fuck mm-hmm. off. So you have a tattoo of a cross. Does what does the symbol of the cross mean to you? I would you? say that's what it is. Yeah, yeah sure. Mm-hmm. It's it's like my my roots of that and like mm-hmm. you know, because at the end of the day, Catholic Church did make me feel something. Yeah. After really kind of essentially not feeling anything my whole life. Like, you know, I my, my parents weren't religious. You know, they would talk about God, but all it was like a scary thing. It like it it wasn't a loving caring mm-hmm. thing it was just like it was like uh yeah there's like this thing called god and like if you do if you're if you're gay like you're, you're gonna, gonna go you're gonna burn yeah. hell yeah and he's gonna hate you and it was always like a he and like mm-hmm. and i'm just like oh my god there is not some old white man sitting right. up in the sky that's so dumb like that's not you know and it's like but i don't know just the ritual and like the communion that went on that is like what made me like feel something inside like Mm -hmm. and so the catholic church did make me feel that after a long time of not really feeling any sort of like spark or connection with something higher than myself and so yeah that is that is my roots and that's kind of like what started my journey which is like way out of left field considering that i'm a witch now yeah Um, i had no idea but yeah i mean and there was there was a lot of things like uh like i have i've had saint joan of arc like Mm -hmm. tattooed on my arm since i was 21 years old Mm -hmm. um and she was my patron saint um, you had to, like, sign up with a saint or whatever. Mm-hmm. You had to, like, pick what saint was yours. Yeah. Dumb. But yeah. I picked Joan of Arc because I've always, like, been interested in her. And she was burned at the stake as witch for being a powerful woman. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, looking back on all of those things, you know, that is what I loved about the Catholic Church. I loved, um, like, that woman representation and, like, being, like, Mother Mary being talked about and, like, all the women it was like it was all those things that I was kind of like pull like pulling from it right um and then the ritual like the burning of the candles to like communicate with that saint and like whatever you know I had no idea that it was so closely related to paganism yeah well and like I said I'm not an academic so I can't really Mm -hmm. explain it to you but yeah the catholic church pulled a lot from paganism in order to convert pagans Mm -hmm. over to christianity so a lot of like every not a lot but like every holiday essentially that christians celebrate all stem from right I think I knew that christmas and easter both yeah and halloween and Mm -hmm. like all of those, you know, those were all to get, like, pagans to, like, convert over. So it's all very, very heavily influenced mm-hmm. and magical. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. essentially, you know, 
but only if men do it. So that's well, just that's why. true. Yeah, <laughs> that's only just if men why. do it. <laughs> that's why I don't agree wow. with it. <laughs> so that's really interesting. Yeah. So you realize that it wasn't for you. No, then, yeah, no, no, mm-hmm. it's not for me. Although I still, um, I still feel very connected to Joan yeah. of Arc. I still feel, feel I have a very spiritual relationship with Mary. I think that she's like incredible, like a very like loving, compassionate, motherly figure. Yeah, that stands out to me mm-hmm. still. Um, did yeah. you after you realized that it wasn't for you? Did you go on to actively explore other spiritual practices or? how did that unfold no no it just kind of was just kind of like back to back to nothing Mm -hmm. you know what I mean it it just yeah and and just kind of moving through everyday life again and like you know settling into being a mom um I had gotten married to a man I I was with uh, my ex-husband for like 10 years so Mm -hmm. it's just like I met him like uh, six months after I dated the four and a half mm-hmm. year relationship mm-hmm. or whatever. So him and I were together for like 10 years. Um, and uh, we had our daughter and like, it was just kind of settling into that. Um, I got my real estate license. So I worked in retail most of my life, but I ended up getting my real estate license so I could be more flexible for my daughter. So it was like settling into that. Yeah. And then I did, like I said, I didn't get back into spirituality again. It was a lot of like ebb and flow with it until after my parents passed away. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to talk about that yeah. experience? Yeah, sure. And how that unfolded? Yeah. Um, actually, this month, it'll be four years since wow. my parents passed away mm-hmm. on the 20th. So do you ever, like, do anything special on that day to kind of honor them? Or <sighs> That's a good question. Yes and no. I mean, my mom's birthday was just on the 15th. Mm-hmm. So, you know... Um, Every year I go and I have milkshakes for my mom's birthday from Mitchell's because mm-hmm. she loved vanilla milkshakes. Um, and I take flowers to her grave. You know, yeah. that's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and not really, you know, it's mostly just on those days. It's a lot of sitting around and crying. Right. <laughs> those are the days, this block of time, especially like from the 15th to the 20th, are just like, I don't know. It's a time I take out of the year, I guess, if you will, to sit in victimhood and kind of, mm-hmm. like, feel sorry for myself, yeah. essentially. Because, you know, 360 days of the year, like, I am just living my life. And um, and I think about them always, every single day, you know. But uh, I try not to dwell, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. So, um, but no, I feel very tired. I feel like I have, like, a mood disorder this time of year. Yeah. I feel like um, the loss of my parents was extremely traumatizing, and when it comes up every year, um, it, it kind of like re-traumatizes my body. Mm-hmm. I remember a lot of how I felt that day mm-hmm. um, and the the weeks that followed afterward. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I definitely have a mood disorder. I mean, I get very depressed. I feel like I'm moving through concrete. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I don't want to get up in yeah. the morning. Um, well, and I appreciate you meeting with me and sure. tra- talking with me during this time. Yeah, I made sure to get a lot of rest the last couple of mm-hmm. days leading up to this. Um, and then my girlfriend, that's what she said. She was like, you seem like you're in such a good mood today. And I was like, I am. You know, I feel a lot better today. I made sure to get rest. And also just getting up, taking showers, doing my mm-hmm. hair and makeup made me feel better. Uh, like I said, like I'm, I was really close with my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm an only child. Um, so, you know, I didn't really, um, you know, I, I didn't really have like a, a family growing up. Like I mostly like hung out with like my two cousins. I would Mm -hmm. see my grandma every now and then my grandpa, we would go visit in, in the summers in West Virginia, but essentially like my unit that I functioned in all the time was my mom, my Mm -hmm. dad and me. We were very dysfunctional, but we were, there was a lot of love, you know, Mm -hmm within that dysfunction and like it was just a lot of like my normal 
leading up to um, the death of my parents, which is a murder-suicide, um, there was really nothing that like stuck out like leading up to it. My dad um, suffered from mental illness, and uh, although he was abusive emotionally and mentally a lot of my life um like I said there was like a lot of love there Mm -hmm. and also he was from a very like broken home and I used to like make a lot of sense like once I got older and like researched some of the things that he had going on I'm like oh okay like he was just you know he was raised in an abusive family right um this is why he is the way that he is Mm -hmm. um essentially my dad was a sociopath he was a narcissist um he suffered from OCD and he was like a hypochondriac so you know he had like a lot um and he was a germaphobe so he had a lot going on Mm -hmm. um so when you're really abused as a child if you don't get help it will manifest in these really terrible ways which is mental illness Mm -hmm. and um and he once you become like once you're out of like your formative years and you reach adulthood if you have had signs of being a sociopath or being a narcissist it's almost impossible for that person to change after that. It is mm. an in, it's an incurable mental, you know, m- mental illness. Yeah. Um, there is no cure for it. Um, and even if somebody were to get help, which sociopaths and narcissists don't because they are not in a place where they can recognize their behavior because they lack empathy. So they don't get help, essentially. And if they did, I mean, it would be extensive, laborious... Yeah, you know to like get to a point of being like a normal Mm -hmm. person so I kind of just like accepted my dad for who he was although they lack empathy they can imitate empathy so Mm -hmm. a lot of my life you know my dad was very good at imitating love and he made me feel very loved and like I loved that he was my dad and like I was close with him you know um so like leading up to it I mean there was really like nothing out of the norm except for he was just being a little bit Basically, what happened is, like, my parents lived, like, one, two doors down from each other. There was, like, one house separating them. Because my dad moved to Cleveland first, because we're originally from Elyria, so Mm -hmm. my dad moved to Cleveland. I moved out to Cleveland because I wanted to raise my daughter in the city. Mm -hmm. Like, be open-minded and be progressive and, you know, like, you know, whatever. Um, So, um, I moved out, and then my mom didn't like living so far away Mm -hmm. in Elyria, 30 minutes away. (laughs) Because we were we were codependent, basically. Right. I learned in therapy yeah. afterward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After doing therapy, after losing my parents, I'm I'm a recovering codependent. Mm-hmm. So my parents were codependent on me. Yeah, I was codependent on them. So we were never too far from each other. So my mom moved, and it happened to be there was a house for sale one door down from my dad. So um, they lived very close to each other. And uh, as my dad's mental illness kind of spiraled out of control, he started uh, meddling in some behavior that was like inappropriate like you know he was dating a young woman and that wasn't okay with my mom and so my mom also at this point after you know 28 years of this behavior she just kind of like even though they lived separately like Mm -hmm. they still functioned as a unit so like my dad would give my mom money every week he very much like controlled her like there was never a point where she was able to break free no 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 yeah because once you're like abused for that long and you think you can't make it in life without you're Mm -hmm. you're so like emotionally stunted you're socially stunted she was never allowed to have friends growing up she was never allowed to have relationships she never really worked so like she you know didn't have a resume she was 
she literally would have like panic attacks if it came down to like interviews Mm -hmm. or like taking care of herself because you know she was abused like her Mm -hmm. her whole time she was with him for 28 Mm -hmm. years you know so you know and that was that was difficult and so she had a hard time thinking she had a block in her mind that she couldn't survive on her own Mm -hmm. so and also he would keep her controlled that way so that way she wasn't at work like potentially maybe like meeting a nice guy who was normal or that's the way he thought in his mind Mm -hmm. is if she went to work she'd get a boyfriend or she'd cheat on him this is just none of that is true but this is just the way that like that 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 is a a glimpse inside the mind of somebody who suffers from narcissism and Mm -hmm. being a sociopath so like so him you know paying her rent keeping a roof over her head paying for her car and giving her basically like a weekly allowance every week which sounds insane but that's the way that it was so she could stay home help me take care of my daughter be a sitter while I worked whatever um, and that was a big reason why I've always been a worker because I'm yeah. like, oh, I don't want to be like my mom. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't want to get trapped into anything. Mm-hmm. So I've always been a hard worker. So she would help take care of my daughter or whatever. And that was like her happiness and that was her joy. And like, so she also probably never thought anything of it. And like all she wanted to be was like a mom and a housewife. So it was just, that is how we function. And it was extremely dysfunctional. And I know that now because I've gone to therapy. Yeah. But at the time it was my normal, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway back to you know my dad dating someone else but my mom you know she just she just was fed up with it and she couldn't do it anymore and so for the first time ever in my entire life my mom decided to date someone else and um, because they were no longer together and Mm -hmm. she was living in separate houses but unfortunately it was too close to home and uh, he basically like found out because the guy that my mom was dating would come and visit her and yeah um, he found out about it and he tried to get my mom back and when he realized that it kind of was like really over and Mm -hmm. she was now displaying behaviors that was way out of the pattern Mm -hmm. you know she was going way off of it you know we we kind of functioned in the same pattern for so long and when he saw her going off of it it just like a switch just like flipped in him and he tried for a little while to get her back and that was all just like manipulation like you know, I'm sorry, like, I didn't mean to ruin things, like, I just want you back, like, I promise, like, I'll go to therapy, I'll do this stuff, you know, all of his tactics that always used to work every time she would leave him, but now all of a sudden was no longer working. He she just, wasn't allowing that anymore. No, she mm-hmm. wasn't allowing that anymore. So, um, and a switch just flipped, and he couldn't handle it, and, and I believe there was a lot of other circumstances that was going on in his life, one of his business endeavors was not going well and and just combined with um, being very depressed and things like that um, which is not an excuse but it just was all the circumstances that kind of created this perfect storm and just he yeah he he murdered my mother and um, and then committed suicide so my whole world just got turned upside down Mm -hmm. and I I just I didn't even know what to do anymore right. you know like my whole life had been spent like making sure that they were happy mm-hmm. and a, looking back a lot of my life was designed around them like my lack of identity that's why it's hard for me to like go back and give you a sense of my identity mm-hmm. because I didn't really have one right. the only identity that I had growing up was being a daughter and that's it mm-hmm. and making sure that my parents were happy and consoling my mother when she was crying the first memory that I've ever had of my mom like you know like kids will think back and like what's the first memory that you have of your mom my first memory that I've ever had of my mother was her crying so it's like it's it was just like a lot of like sadness and as a compassionate person like trying to take care of her 
and like you know when my mom would be sad it would just be like a lot of like crying like everything is going to be okay like you know I'm here for you and then a lot of it was spent trying to like control the the, the situation which was my father because if he was unhappy then we all had hell to pay so yeah. it was like this balance that all I did was like try to keep my mom like not from not being sad and then trying to keep my dad like controlled and a lot of that balance came from just being like the best daughter that I could mm-hmm. be and by being the best daughter that was not having an identity not having interest not going to college not moving away those were not options for right. me because if I was codependent and my I literally felt like I was my parents lifeline and they needed me mm-hmm. And so if I were to step away from that, then what would they do? Mm-hmm. But then now it was the reverse, which was that they were now gone. Yeah. So when they died, you were you still had that connection. Like, you still didn't have an identity outside of them. So they were gone, and then you really didn't have... Like, you had your daughter and your husband at that mm-hmm. time. Yeah, which were huge. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that I would still be here if it mm-hmm. wasn't for the fact that I had my daughter. Yeah. Like, that was a huge, like, saving grace in right. my life, you know? A lot of the reason why I kept going was for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I had her, and that, and that that was it, you know? And, like, I just... But other than that, I mean, I was just lost, you know? Mm-hmm. I just... I didn't know what to do. I felt like my whole... I felt like my whole life was over. Right. You know? Um, when you're that abused and you're in that mindset for such a long time, it's it's like a combination of kind of being like a battered wife and then like... I forget what it's called, but it's like the disorder where you're like in love with your abuser or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what it is. Stockhousing. Stockholm Stockholm. Yeah. That's what it mm-hmm. is. Yeah. You know, I, I was suffering from a lot yeah. of that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Even though... I'm able to look back on it now and and honestly it's been the biggest blessing of my life which sounds weird but like I've made peace with my parents death Mm -hmm. you know it's been four years of healing and uh, I can look back on it and just be like you know what I mean I can sit here all I want and be like oh I'm so sad I want to change it sure of course I do but I can't Mm -hmm. my reality is my reality and so I'm very self-aware and that's where the emotional intelligence have come into play because I'm very aware that my parents are gone and that they're not coming back and this is my reality so now it's all about healing and finding my identity which I feel like I have found and has been really beautiful and honestly they have been my greatest teachers Mm -hmm. and now I feel like I am free from a lot of the abuse that I was enduring my entire life and um, I'm free to go on and I'm also free now to do all of my ancestral work that I get to do which is in honor of my mother and I'm from a long line of women who are abused Mm -hmm. so this my it wasn't just my mom you know what I mean like it has been a long line of women feeling like they they were strong but feeling like they were somehow trapped in relationships with men who were abusive physically emotionally Mm -hmm. mentally controlling and I for the first time now I'm getting to do this great ancestral work which is a big part of my path in witchcraft is that you know I put I'm there is no more after this you know what I mean yeah. like I'm I'm gonna You're carry the mold absolutely mm-hmm. and it's like my burden to carry and like and I was just talking that I, I was rewatched the Lord of the Rings the other day and I was like I'm like fucking Frodo <laughs> like I'm literally like it's my fucking burden to carry you know mm-hmm. what I mean and it hurt and it still hurts and it's like the most pain that I've ever been through in my entire life and I'm going to carry it till the day I die yeah. but with that once I'm gone 
like there's no more like yeah. it's done mm-hmm. like no my daughter will never feel like she's trapped in a relationship so I'm on this journey now where like I am independent I'm fully taking care of myself yeah. and I am yeah I'm breaking all of these molds mm-hmm. and it's amazing but also the hardest work that I've ever done you know mm-hmm. so I've heard about ancestral work before but I don't really quite understand it so basically you're trying to undo everything that happened with your ancestors so how does that how do you work through that sure I mean I think it's one of those intuitive things again where like I look back and I'm just like that's why like I'm making the Frodo joke Mm because it's just like I feel like the universe chose me because Mm -hmm. I'm strong enough to do it and so I hold on to that like this month especially like where I felt so tired like I'm tired you Mm -hmm. know because I not only am I working through losing my parents in such a traumatic way but working through looking back at the first 28 years of my life like I said and not having an identity and being abused Mm -hmm. and essentially you know kind of like taken away and disconnected from the world and who I could have been you know and I'm now like finally coming into who I could have been at 32 years old and 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 it all happened for a reason and that's great but like all of that was very tiring you know it's yeah. all has has weighed on me and that is where all my depression and my anxiety and all of those things have like stemmed from and I'm and I'm tired you know but even though I'm tired you know it's like I, I just I keep going and mm-hmm. I feel like the universe chose me and that because I'm strong enough to do it it's kind of cool right because like even on my path in witchcraft you look back and like that's a like a tr- like the hero's journey is like a trend in not a trend sorry but like a, a a thing in every religion every form of mythology everything there's that hero's journey where it's like the one person is like strong enough to go through it and then they share all their light and knowledge you know and it's like that you know in christianity they say well, god doesn't give you anything unless like you're strong enough to handle it mm-hmm. you know and, like, for me as a witch, it's, like, you know, the universe, like, yeah. inside of me is, like, I'm strong enough to carry that. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like, yeah, I feel like every woman in my bloodline before me is there with me, cheering me on, you mm-hmm. know, like, that I can do it, you know, yeah. and then I feel it. I feel it in my blood, like, in my veins, you know, and, like, I feel it for my mother and I feel it for my daughter and anyone who's going to come mm-hmm. after her, you know? And and it's a, it's hard and I'm tired, but it's like the most beautiful work. Right. And that's the only way I can explain it. It's just something that I know in my heart, you know? But it's like, I don't, I can't really speak are on there, it poetically. Are there like practices that you are doing to kind of unpack? Um, yes and no. I mean, I just think that, so that's where like, that's where like spirituality comes in and it's like yes I honor like my ancestors things like that like putting things out on my altar Mm -hmm. like doing rituals things of that sort but like mostly to me my ancestral work is coming into my own Mm -hmm. remembering that I'm a witch and that it's more like coming into my authentic self is the work and the ritual that I'm doing Mm -hmm. and living that fearlessly you know Mm -hmm. and unapologetically and like that is something that I am the only woman in my bloodline doing Mm -hmm. is being unapologetic as fuck about who I am and not really giving a shit about it and then also kind of doing it in this cool way where 
on some small level in Cleveland, it's like a little bit public. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To be 32 years old and be coming out and being like, yeah, I'm a witch and I'm spiritual and I'm queer and and I'm a mom and I'm, you know, I'm all these things yeah. and, and I'm not ashamed of any of mm-hmm. it. You know, that's something that, you know, whereas the women who came before me were kind of part of that generation of like, put a smile on your face, shut up, like, don't let anyone know that you're sad, don't let anyone know that you're being abused, you know, and I'm kind of over here, like, I'm, and, and I'm, I'm not ashamed, I'm not ashamed to tell people, like, where I came from, the bloodline that I come from, and that, yeah, and I just am who I am, mm-hmm. you know what yeah. I mean, like, I only get, and then that is where we started at the beginning of the conversation, where we talked about how I all of a sudden grasped that I'm gonna die mm-hmm. and I do when I lost my parents like that night it was like all of a sudden I was experiencing things on a quantum level and like I said I can't tell you the way it would be read in a book it, mm-hmm. it's just something that I know intuitively right. it's like coming outside of your body after a traumatic event and watching everything happen mm-hmm. at once e- everything's happening at one time the past the future right now and then all of a sudden, like, realizing that, like, you have more control over your reality than you think you do. And I only get one fucking life. Yeah. And that's it. Like, this is all I'm ever going to get. Mm-hmm. And if I do get another one, it's going to be, I go into the spiritual what realm. If there are other lives that I'm going to live, I'm going to come back through. I'm going to be born. I'm going to have amnesia and I'm not going to fucking remember any of Mm -hmm. it. So, like, this is all I have is right now. And, like, the past is the past and the future is the future, yes, but, like, all I have is right now. Mm -hmm. And right now I just understand fully on this quantum level of how powerful it is just to simply love and be myself. Yeah. And that is brings us to Coven and, like, what I do here, that it is beyond crystals, yes, beyond tarot cards yes it is just like being a witch is beyond all of those things it is literally on a quantum level being like i only get one fucking life and i'm going to do whatever i want and i'm going to be unapologetic about it while really knowing myself and being compassionate and like not hurting other people yeah being your authentic self doesn't hurt anyone there's all these things that are set up societally and by our family and our friends and like keeping up with the fucking joneses that are like made up like no one's gonna fucking die if you're Mm -hmm your authentic self I see so many people who are afraid to take risk afraid to be themselves afraid to down to little things afraid to wear red lipstick afraid to have sex with more than one person afraid to date more than one man at at Mm -hmm. one time like what would people think like what would what would you know who fucking cares like as long as you're doing you and you're happy and that's your compass and you feel overjoyed and like fucking pumped about life every day then that's all that matters you know and like you can only feel pumped about life every day if you are like living your authentic life Mm -hmm. the the moment you wake up and you constantly are like well I have to keep this job that I'm working and I have to like have this designer bag and like I have to do it like all because of you know Susan who's also gonna fucking die one day like fucking cares like that's you're not happy at that point Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and it's like I see so many people live their lives that way and if anything that's just the one thing that I want to leave people feeling at coven is like they can be whoever they want to be even if that's not Mm -hmm. a witch it doesn't matter same thing when it goes back to my daughter 
it doesn't matter to me if yeah. my daughter grows up to be a witch and even shops at Coven. Mm-hmm. She could shop at a whole nother spiritual store for all <laughs> I care. I just want her to be her, you know? Mm-hmm. I just want her to be happy and, yeah. like, and that is the work that I'm doing And that's for... part of your ancestral work. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think when I hear, when I hear ancestral work, I imagine there's, like, a book and you do these journaling prompts, but no, it's literally, for you, it's just being your authentic self and living up to that every single day absolutely and holding true to what I want when I want it and also knowing that I can change my mind Mm -hmm. you know as simple as like do I want two breakfast sandwiches this morning Mm -hmm. yeah I do most people would be like but I should really only have one yeah where is that role written if I want two breakfast sandwiches I'm gonna have it but that also means like you know, saying no to Joe Schmo when they ask me to do something and I don't want to do it or, you know, not participating in something even though everyone else is doing it because if I don't want to do it, you know, Mm -hmm. and like, and and not really, and then also like a week later being like, actually, you know what, maybe I changed my mind, maybe I do want to do it. Like people get too like caught up in, in like, yes and no's and the choices that they yeah. make and it's like you your women are uh, let's just hone in on women I mean they're di- they're dynamic and we can at one moment have one identity and then switch it up and fall back and like and like my none of my journey is wrong at the end of the mm-hmm. day you know what I mean this has all just been a big like part of be- being dynamic and mm-hmm. like changing my mind and just being authentic to who I am and I believe that every every person can do that and that it does truly lead to um happiness mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Back to that night, that's kind of when spirituality really came back into your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then going forward, what was the journey of spirituality like for you? Kind oh, of- yeah. So, well, yeah, I mean, that kind of is like what put me on the path of like witchcraft in particular. Because um, going back to like my mom wanting to all of a sudden in her in her I mean and and rightfully so live her authentic life she was she was kind of like right now like not right now but she was kind of right then coming into what I'm kind of living now where Mm -hmm. all of a sudden she was like you know what Miranda I've just had enough of your dad shit she was on the verge of really living for herself absolutely you know and so she had always been like afraid to travel and do things for herself. You know, she didn't want to get on a plane. She was too afraid to fly, too afraid she was going to die in a plane crash, too whatever. She would worry. She was a worrier. And so she was like, I want to live my authentic self and, like, we should take a trip. And, like, we've never just taken a trip together, you know? And we should do that. And me and my mom were both Halloween nerds. And so, actually, it just, like, popped up. I just was, like, scrolling through her Facebook the other day and it, like, popped up. Like, two days before she died on April 18th, four years ago, I gave her a trip to Salem for her birthday. So her birthday was the 15th. We celebrated it a few days late. I gave it to her on the 18th of April, and two days later mm-hmm. she died. So we were going to Salem because of we were both into Halloween. Like, yeah. we both love, like, my house is, like, Halloween central. Like, I set up a whole haunted graveyard in my front yard. We give out prizes to the trick-or-treaters. So it's, fun. like, a huge thing for us in my mm-hmm. in my family. So um, that was something me and my mom both enjoyed doing together, and Salem has an entire month-long celebration in October, but we had to be back by Halloween to hand out trick or treat mm-hmm. candy, so we were going like mid October mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and and I, honestly, I knew from like a long time ago. Now, like I can think of it, I'm like, oh yeah, like the Salem witch trials. I read about it on the internet when I first typed in witchcraft. 
Um, I remember hearing about it briefly in school about the Salem witch trials, but honestly, when I booked the trip to Salem, that never crossed my mind. It was just this month-long Halloween celebration, Mm -hmm. and I thought it was more going to be like jack-o'-lanterns and trick-or-treating and haunted houses. Witches weren't on your mind, really. No, not Mm -hmm. at all. Not at all. Witches never even crossed my mind. And it wasn't until I got there that I learned that they call it like Witch City, and they celebrate witches in Salem. So, yeah, but I ended up um, still going on that trip because, yes, my mom had passed away, and I still ended up going on this trip, and yeah, it was just beautiful. I felt my mom very close to me the whole Mm -hmm. time. I mean, she was definitely there, and, um, but I was still very sick, very depressed, still very lost at that time, and um, was not okay by any means. As a matter of fact, I started doing a lot of traveling because I thought that I was going to die, Yeah, you know? I mean, I just felt like I was on my last leg. Like, Mm -hmm. I was just very um, adrenal fatigue, to the max. I was burnt out. I was tired. Um, I felt like I didn't want to keep going, you know, for lack of a better word. And um, so, yeah, I, I went ahead and went on the trip because I felt like it was what I should do. Um, but when I look back up pictures, you know, I just, I look so sad that first time that I went to Salem. But yeah, I mean, witchcraft store everywhere, tons of witchcraft stores. Um, and I was like, wow, you know, that that's so cool. I you know, did some shopping in that realm. And uh, it was just something that all of a sudden just like a light bulb went off. And I was like, what's this, you know, and Mm -hmm. like, uh, and just kind of got interested in it from there. And then I went back again in April for the anniversary of my parents Mm -hmm. passing Mm -hmm. that year. And um, well, it would have been the next year. But yeah, it felt like twice in a year span, you know, from the time I went in October, and then again, in April, so that'd like be like six months later or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so six months later, I traveled there again, um, had a great time, met um, some local people, talked to more people in the shops. And that, I think, was when I especially found a lot of like my footing it was like, wow, I, I really feel good here. You know, it feels good, like vibrationally. It kind of is giving me like this breath of fresh air. Like the energy is really beautiful. And yeah, I just kind of started delving into it from there. And that was how I got on my path. And I have, I without a doubt believe 100% that booking that trip for my mom was exactly what I needed mm-hmm. and was exactly the universe, like putting me on a path that yeah. I felt so connected to and that I would really that I would really hold on to and find healing Mm -hmm. and things like that because it's a path that puts you in connection with yourself and so that has helped me tremendously and that is how I got back on my spiritual path and has made me more passionate than ever about Mm -hmm. it it's really cool when you can think back to those things those maybe decisions that you make where you're not really aware of why you're doing it you have a different intention and then once it happens you're like okay that's what was supposed to happen for me yeah exactly 100 percent. you know it was like the universe just already like writing that for me Mm -hmm. knowing what I would need because I believe that if I hadn't been in touch with this part of myself that something way worse could have come of it you know that you'd like and then that goes back to like energy and witchcraft is like one way or another, just like my dad being abused as a kid, one way or another, that energy had to manifest. And for him, it manifested in these really ugly, negative ways. And same thing for me. When you have a big burst of energy that is literally life-changing and it's this huge burst of energy and you have to do something with it, if Mm -hmm. you keep it inside of you, it will just fester and will manifest into depression, anxiety, 
possibly suicide, mm-hmm. things like that, where you just can't go on anymore, you know? It, it will literally eat yeah. you alive. All the anger and the resentment and the what-ifs and the why, and if I had been there, I could have saved them, and all of that, it weighs on you, mm-hmm. you know? And you have to find a way to channel it. Mm-hmm. And, like, so for me, that path did help me put myself in touch with my energy and the energy around me and how I could transform that into a really positive thing. And so my witchcraft, yes, I actually do spell casts. Like I'll get all my supplies and wait for the new moon or the full moon and I'll do spells and things like that. But I'm channeling that energy every day and manifesting it. And one of the biggest things that have come out of it is coven. You know, that this is my heart and my soul. This is like literally the energy from that night. I have taken it and I have transformed it into this. Into something positive rather mm-hmm. than negative. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it saved my life, mm-hmm. you know, because of it would have killed me, you mm-hmm. know. And any time I needed a big push in my journey of healing, that would boil down to me taking a trip to Salem. Mm-hmm. And if I ever felt stuck or stagnant in my healing, taking a trip there would totally renew me and would, like, give me that big burst of energy that I needed to keep going. Mm-hmm. And so that is, like, eventually why I was like, you know what? Like, I want to kind of create a space like that in Cleveland. Like, why keep traveling to Salem? Right. Or maybe someone else needs it here and doesn't know to travel yeah, to Salem. Yeah, is there at all a witch community here before you... Well, I know there is Goddess Blessed... Yeah. So what did the witch, witchcraft community look like um, here? Well, I was actually shopping at Goddess Bless. I would go there like every week, mm-hmm. even when I owned my vintage clothing store. Mm-hmm. And I would go there every week and like get supplies and stuff like that. Um, but uh, other than that, it's kind of funny that you say that because most of my journey and my supplies and everything, I would make these trips to Salem. And Goddess Bless was kind of like a filler in between for yeah. me. And I never really delved any deeper than that, mm-hmm. like, as far as a witchcraft community in Cleveland. But now that I own my shop, I do know that there are several other spiritual stores, mm-hmm. um, including, like, in Akron. And uh, I don't really know if there are any in Columbus. But, yeah, I mean, they're definitely around. And it's mm-hmm. a community. And I never knew about um, Spirit Apothesis out in Bedford. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, they have a big, like, pagan festival every mm-hmm. year that like anywhere from like a thousand to like five thousand people attend and I like actually vended it last year Mm. so yeah I mean there's definitely a big um there is a big community I would say here in northeast Ohio um I feel like I have a different take on it like whereas mine is more like um modern I guess you could say but it's still a part of the community Mm -hmm. nonetheless you know Mm -hmm. So you realized that you wanted to bring Salem here in your own way. Yeah. And you had had your other shop, and that ended, and then you decided you wanted to open up another shop. So what did that journey look like? Yeah, because I'm insane. So (laughs) I essentially, so going back to, like, my childhood, like, both of my parents were entrepreneurs mm-hmm. in one way or another, whether that be illegally, you know, my dad selling things illegally, <laughs> like drugs, or that be cars, or like whatever, you know, like I grew up in that sort of like set, like where my dad would get up, totally self-motivated, never worked for anybody else, would grind every day, mm-hmm. so so on and so forth, you know, and um, so that seemed like a very like logical thing to me, like growing up, like working for yourself, and so um, as I worked in retail growing up because I didn't have like the money necessarily to like open up my own business I was working for other businesses and like that was just something that was on my radar I was like oh you know 
I really want to get like a shop of I want to have a shop of my own one day and like I've always been into clothes into fashion I've always I grew up like watching a lot of 50s music with my parents and like listening to 50s music when we when we would go to sleep and like um, my dad um, had like cool pinup art and I liked stuff like Mm -hmm. that growing up and um, I think that type of clothing like vintage clothing is like cute and whatever and can be stylish and um, but I'm into all different styles Mm -hmm. and um, so but I always wanted I guess is what I'm trying to say is I wanted to own a clothing store and that is what I had tunnel vision with and that's what I thought that it should be so when I got the opportunity um, you know, after my parents died, I inherited some money, um, and, um, it was enough to, like, start my clothing mm-hmm. store. That's what I did, and, um, but then once I realized and I got into it, I was like, this is, once again, going to Salem, becoming a witch, this is when the, the power of being able to look at myself in the mirror and be like, Miranda, you were wrong, and this is not what you want, and this doesn't make you happy, so don't you dare dump another dime yeah. into this. This is not what you want to be doing. It's time for you to switch your path even though that seems insane, but mm-hmm. this is your truth. So you have to follow it. And this is what your intuition is telling you and you better listen to it. So yeah, so I got into that and I was like, oh, this is not making me happy. So clothes are hard. Clothes are hard in the Midwest. You have to buy several sizes of the same thing. It's a lot of money out and very little money in. And then it's seasonal. So you're having to constantly change out your mm-hmm. seasons before you've even sold the last season. And then hoping that stuff sells on sale. So like I'm not putting the clothing industry down by any means. I think there are plenty of people out there who can like grind and do it. But for some reason it was causing an unhappiness inside yeah. of me. And I think ultimately clothing businesses can be done. Um, because I don't want any other women who run clothing businesses to listen to this in Cleveland and think that I'm downing it. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was something, it was digging something up in me that was just like, plain and simple, this is not your path. Yeah. This is not what you you should be doing. You wanted to work for yourself and you thought that it was through a clothing store. Right. And you just thought that there was only one way to do that. Exactly. And when did, so you realized that there, that wasn't correct. Yes. That wasn't right for you. Right. And so how did the idea to open your witch store come to you yeah so it came to me once again in a really weird way so Mm -hmm. I I knew and had said it aloud and anytime I I have like my tongue is like a vessel like Mm -hmm. I have to be careful what I say because as soon as I say it and write it down like it's it's happening and so I have to be careful like if I don't want that to transpire five years for like until like five years down the road I shouldn't fucking talk about it because it happens right away for me so I had already spoken it out loud that I didn't want to do my vintage clothing store anymore and I wasn't sure what that looked like and I was like oh I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Maybe I'll go get a regular job again for a little while until I figure it out. Like, I don't know what to do. And uh, also I was low on cash at the time, you know, so I I didn't really know if there were options for me. But um, I stayed home with Charlie for like a week because she had the flu. And I, Netflix suggested this show to me called The Good Witch, which is like Mm. a Hallmark series, which is like, whatever, like, it's not like something you would think I would watch, but I was like super fucking pumped about it. And I was like, oh man, I love this show. And uh, (laughs) yeah, it's a cool show. And basically, essentially, it's about a witch who owns a witchcraft store and she helps people in her community and she always puts them on the right path to their healing and stuff like that. And so at the time, I was still with my husband. Um, my, I call him my husband. He's my ex-husband. He, you know, came into the house and I was like, oh my God, like, I know what I want to do. And he's like, what? And I was like, I want to open up a witchcraft store. And I was like, 
And he was like, really? Like, you just did this and you didn't like it? Like, are you sure you want to own another store? And I was like, yeah, I'm like so sure. And when I when I get set on an idea, it's like I'm on fire about it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, like I get, I get so pumped. And like, so um, I was like, I don't know how the hell I'm going to do it. And I don't know when it's going to happen for me because there was goddess blessed and things like that. And, you know, I really like being in Lakewood. And I was like, I don't know how I, I was like, I don't know how it's going to happen for me. I was like, but it's just going to happen. And I kid you not, like a week after, I started watching that show every single night. I was like, this is going to be my life. Mm -hmm. This lady in this Hallmark show. Mm -hmm. What the fuck? So I'm watching the show every night and I believe that, you know, your subconscious is constantly like listening. So I would go to bed and I would literally like cuddle up and be like, this is going to be my life. (laughs) You're manifesting it. I'm manifesting it. So I would like listen to it all night. And I shit you not, like a week after watching that show, Kathy announced that she was retiring and she was closing goddess blessed and i literally call my friend julie and i'm like holy shit like i can't believe this is happening and she's like what i'm like like goddess blessed is closing and i and i had already told her my idea and um and i was like you know i was like i I was like holy shit like i think i'm gonna do it like i'm just gonna do it and she's like you're gonna do it now and i was like yeah and i was like i'm gonna call kathy so i called kathy and she just knew me as a customer then, mm-hmm. and I was just, like, super excited on the phone. She probably thought I was, like, crazy. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, like, you know, do I have your blessing? And, like, the new moon was right around the corner, and she was like, just, you know, meditate on it, and if it's meant to be, it'll be. And the last thing, you know, she said she gave me her blessing because I, I didn't want to step on any toes. Right. And uh, and she was like, you know, if it's meant to be, it'll be. And the last thing I said to her, I was like, Kathy, I don't know how the fuck I'm going to do this. I was like, but I can just – feel it in my gut it's like churning it's like this is just gonna happen for me Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden after I came off of like a really big high and I walk into my vintage clothing store and it's full of shit and I'm afraid to tell my landlord that I want to open a witchcraft store because he is a Greek Orthodox, very traditional, very mm-hmm. conservative. And I was wearing a pentagram necklace when I rented my vintage clothing store off of him two years before yeah. that. And he said to me, because I was like, I can do whatever I want here. I was like, I can have workshops and stuff. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, I could have one at like 10 o'clock at night if I wanted to. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, but no, uh, none of that uh stuff he's like you don't you have a tarot or anything like that and I think it was because he saw my pentagram because yeah. mm-hmm. I was like I thought about it for a long time after that. I was like why why did he say that to yeah. me does he know that I'm a witch creepy and then I was like wow so but it was because I have my pentagram necklace yeah. on I think um so I knew that he wouldn't necessarily be like super excited about that idea so I was afraid to tell him and then I started kind of like chickening out after that and I came off of this high and then I was like looking at my store still chocked full of things and afraid to tell him and I was like I don't think I can do this like I I don't know if I can do this you know I don't know if I can tell him that I literally want to switch to a witchcraft store right on front street on Detroit in Lakewood and um and then the universe like just came back in and was like no you don't you know because that was when Cleveland Vegan came over and was like we want your space and then all of a sudden I was like well I want to make sure that Cleveland Vegan has their space they're like a big anchor here like on our block and I was like but if I am going to literally move my store, it will only be if it's authentic mm-hmm. to me. And, like, this is what I want to do. So I have to, like, have that talk with my landlord. And so I did. And he went for it. And um, and it was so funny because two years before that, when I first opened my vintage clothing store, 
my now ex-husband set up my wi-fi for me and he was like by the way he was like i made your wi-fi password your favorite witch from coven which is the american horror story series Mm -hmm. and he's like i made it your favorite witch from coven which is myrtle snow so now everybody who listens to this podcast will know my wi-fi password (laughs) um so all lowercase and so he was like yeah you know I made it your favorite witch from coven and a friend of mine brought me like a plaque that still sits on my dresser in my room today that spells out witch so it was like my spirit guides were totally Mm -hmm. like you opened the wrong store yeah you know but at the same time everything happens when it's supposed to and it manifests in the time that it's supposed to so which you know now brings me to you know eventually you know I let Cleveland Vegan take over that space I started redoing this one and um I brought up the name Coven to a couple people and they were like, I don't know if you should name it that because, you know, it kind of has like negative connotations attached to Mm -hmm. it and whatever. And I don't know, it just felt right. And I was like, that it was like my pass, my password over there, you know, and like, um, it means to me like a community of witches and it seems kind of like it kind of fit what I was trying to do, which was just like, especially bringing, you know, divine feminine people together and then that was it that's that's the history of it you know and how it happened and uh yeah I mean I literally put every last dollar that I had into it um I'm 32 years old and I like you know have some money in my bank account usually and in order to open coven I mean I used every last dollar that I had on the day that I opened I went and I got coffee a bagel fresh flowers and I had 12 dollars in my bank account and I opened up my doors, and mm-hmm. I have just been so supported. It's been so incredible. Mm-hmm. I get customers every day, like yeah. the right ones, you know, that totally support and believe in my business and like want me to be here. And like, so I guess the moral of the story is like, listen to your gut. And like, it was the best move that I ever made even though I did that for two years and on on like I like on a public level I could have been embarrassed to admit that I was wrong you mm-hmm. know and like that was all that was hard to do and like people would ask me questions like oh what happened and bottom line is nothing really happened you know I could have continued doing that and like making ends meet but like it just didn't make me happy right. and so I think as a as if I'm going I still consider myself a student of entrepreneurship I'm not an entrepreneur by any means but like if I'm going to be any sort of entrepreneur I think that the biggest thing goes hand in hand with being a witch is that you are allowed to change paths and change your course Mm -hmm. and you think you're gonna sell something and then all of a sudden be like actually that product shit like take it off the shelves like I changed my mind I thought it was the greatest product in the world and now it's not and like and that was literally my whole story is like I thought it was gonna be the greatest thing in the world and I had to like make peace with myself that it wasn't Mm -hmm. and uh that was a huge move but I mean it was monumental in my happiness and the way that I work my business and like there's never a day that I wake up and I don't want to go as a matter of fact the last couple of days when I was so depressed it's the only thing that makes you want to wake up absolutely mm-hmm. you know I've been open the last two days yeah. even though I felt like I was moving through concrete you know mm-hmm. but it's where I want to be and it is like is my bliss mm-hmm. yeah I think that that's a big lesson in knowing that you can change your mind yeah um, and change course I've I'm kind of in that same on that path right now i thought I was going to be a dancer for my entire life and just a few months ago realized I mean yeah maybe I thought that but 
that's not true like I can change my mind so absolutely and like right and it doesn't matter if you told a hundred of your friends like Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be a dancer like yeah it doesn't matter because when you feel that shift inside of you and you know that the universe has another plan Mm -hmm. like it's okay we have an idea like that's a lot of like our mind and our ego our mind and our ego constantly has plans of like what we want to do and who we want to be and like but when you're really like digging deep and like you're listening to your intuition and like you're letting that guide you versus Mm -hmm. like your ego and what people are gonna think you know it just is just it will it will just always it will never steer you wrong Mm -hmm. so if you feel it and you are switching I think that that's beautiful Mm -hmm. yeah and then the beautiful thing is same thing with me like being a marine bi like I always wanted to be a marine biologist when I was little that was like my dream Mm -hmm. but I'm just not an academic and like but guess what I can still work my ass off save money and I can go out on a boat in Mexico and dive with great white sharks Mm -hmm. you can still have that part of you in your life absolutely Mm -hmm. and so you can still go out every weekend and like dance your ass off you know exactly and do your thing Mm -hmm. and no one can ever take that away from you you know what I mean but maybe it's just not your life path and Mm -hmm. like that's okay yeah but no one can ever take away your joy or like things that you used to love when you were a little you know Mm -hmm. so you can do both right and that's the beauty of being a a powerful dynamic woman yeah because I think when you do make that switch and change your mind you think that you can't have that other part of you you think that it's that's not there anymore you have to completely change but that's not true and that's something that is really cool to realize absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah and then the bigger picture of once again is that we're all gonna die and at the end of the day nothing really matters so it's just like it's it's just it doesn't it doesn't matter just as like we I guess what I'm trying to say is we are beyond anything that Mm -hmm. we do for a living yeah we are bigger than our hobbies like we're bigger than all that Mm -hmm. so it's just like even without what we do for a living you know we are still our higher selves which are like beautiful you Mm -hmm. know and so at the end of the day it doesn't really matter as long as like what we're doing here in this realm and we're letting it manifest and it makes us happy Mm-hmm. then that's that's it yeah so back to intuition for someone who's n- kind of new to that idea of really listening and following their intuition and maybe like listening to their spirit guides or whatever it might be how do you have any advice for those people of how they can really start to tap into that yeah I mean I would say um don't f- be afraid to take time to yourself mm-hmm. I think um I think like drawing those boundaries too. like a lot of times, you know, people are like, it, it, like sometimes people will be in our faces, like whether that be like a boss or a relationship or a friend. And they're like, well, I need you to make this decision right now. I need an mm-hmm. answer from you right now. Like if you cannot hear yourself, like if you're literally in your head and you're like, there's nothing, like I can't hear anything, you know? don't make a decision, you know, like take some time away for yourself. I think quiet time and time alone is like the best time to like reflect. Mm -hmm. Even if that's just like a couple hours, like taking time to like go take a nap. And like, there's been so many times where like, I can't hear anything Mm -hmm. and I can't make a decision and everything is revealed to you at the right time when you're meant to hear it, when you're meant to know it. So it's like, there have been so many times where I'm like, I, I'm sorry, I can't give you an answer right now because I can't hear myself. Mm-hmm. I'll go home and take a nap and I'll be like, you know, intuition, like if you could reveal that to me, if I'm meant to know it, like 
that would be great, okay? And like, and like, I'll go to sleep and take a nap, and like, all of a sudden, I'll wake up and I'll have so much clarity. Like, I'll just be like, wow, like, I completely know without a shadow of a doubt, this is the right answer for me. Mm-hmm. And also because that will allow you to make the right decision for yourself and not the decision that someone else is wanting to pull from yeah. you. Yeah. Because a lot of our decisions are made like on the spot and if with someone else in mind a lot of times we spend our our lives especially if you're like me and you're a people pleaser and I think that's something that especially women suffer from a lot of times you're giving answers that you want other people to have like you just want to make them happy you Mm -hmm. know what I mean and it's not really what's in line for you so I guess that's just the thing is don't be afraid to draw boundaries don't be afraid to take time to make decisions to listen to yourself and then you know as you become more and more in tune with your intuition you may be able to like rapid fire Mm -hmm. and be like actually no I don't want to do that. Like, sorry if that hurts your feelings, but I have to do what's best for me, you know? So, um, but yeah, you just really need to take time um, to dig deep and and get in tune with that. And I mean, there are, you know, um, I believe things that you can do, you know, witchy-wise, you know, tarot cards, oracle decks, crystals that enhance that, Mm -hmm. lighting candles things like that but um yeah just ultimately alone time grounding you know Mm -hmm. just grounding down like listening to yourself it will always speak to you Mm -hmm. you know so what are some of those other practices that are in your life most of the time like tarot crystals yeah like tarot tarot tools of divination Mm -hmm. Tarot, pendulums, pendulums are really great. They're like these, um, like a lot of times they're like these little pointed crystals Mm -hmm. that hang from like a string and they're connected to your intuition. So these are not like universal truths necessarily. They're just like what's right for me and my higher self. And so, you know, your pendulum, like if your brain is getting in the way and like you think you should say yes to something, but maybe it's a no, like your pendulum is going to go off of your energy of your intuition and what your, your intuition actually Mm -hmm. wants, you know? Um, How do you go about using a pendulum? Um, I have like a little board at home that has like yes and yes on Mm. the top and the bottom and then no and no. And you just like, you hold the pendulum and it will swing yes for yes. It'll swing no for no, depending on the questions that you ask it you know and also sometimes it'll swing in a circle Mm -hmm. like it'll go in between which means you're confused and maybe it's just not time to like make a decision on that particular thing and like that's okay you know um and that it's not ready to reveal it for reveal it to you at Mm -hmm. that point in time you know it's kind of like a I guess like a I don't know like a magic eight ball that you would use when you were a kid you know Mm -hmm. but also too in knowing that a lot of the times when we use things like pendulums like or when you were a kid and you used to shake the magic eight ball like you know what the answer is yeah a lot of times like it's not the crystal really doing the work it's you Mm -hmm. and like and you know that and a lot of times we know the answer and we know what's right for us and but a lot of times it is the rockier path or Mm -hmm. it's the path that's not going to make everyone else around us happy and like and we worry about that you know and that is what throws us off but ultimately I mean I believe that especially women and like divine feminine people are so wise and like they know what's right for them you Mm -hmm. know and it's just about like taking not being afraid to take that harder path you know and it's just like um 
and then that's been like my my biggest journey with coming into my authentic self is like yeah you know it felt like at times just being like stranded out in the middle of the ocean and like you know just having to like get back to shore and like it wasn't easy and like you want to drown most of the time and you have so many things that come up that get in your way you know Mm -hmm. and but you just you got to keep going and like you just you know what's right for you and you just you have to kind of like find your own way but yeah I think these tools make you more sure of yourself they make you feel um more empowered yeah Um, but the magic is always you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know yeah they're just tools to use and you can use them however they work for you absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah and the healing comes from you Mm -hmm. you know like you have to bring that your yourself and you have to be ready to do the work you know it's like uh, I've chosen to do like my path sober Mm -hmm. for example you know and it's been hard like it's been hard to feel all of those things and not want to like run from it or escape it yeah and there have been times where don't get me wrong I mean I escape my pain my depression you know I'll go out and I'll go shopping or take a trip or whatever but ultimately you know I have to come back you know and I I have to sit in it and it's like so you know but a lot of people yeah I mean they they don't want to sit in that and they don't want to make other people sit in discomfort but those are like our greatest lessons and like the biggest part of being human is like those like discomforting times which also allows you to like experience joy like I know in my journey now that I felt like true depths of like despair and I have also had to make choices in my life that have hurt other people and that feels foreign to me like separating from my husband and like deciding to live my life as a queer woman because that has been always been authentic to Mm -hmm. me you know what I mean like that hurt me to have to do that to my family but that was like a sacrifice that I had to make because all I wanted was just like white picket fence American dream keep my head down just worry about everybody else being happy and it's like that was literally foreign to me to make that like monumental of a change you know and it's like but like I I couldn't hold on just because I was worried about like hurting my ex-husband for example right like okay so what so I stay with him until like our daughter's 18 and then we're like in like I don't even know I can't do math like 50s yeah and then all of a sudden I have a mental breakdown and we start over it's like I'm doing a disservice to him and he and I love him like Mm -hmm. he's still my best friend like we get along great we co-parent our daughter he's totally accepting of me being queer and that that is truly and he's always known that about me every boyfriend that I've ever had knows that I'm gay Mm -hmm. like they've always known that you know what I mean but like that it was like a part of me but I guess at the time I identified more as like bisexual so they still fit into that mold but like he 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 respects me and in being with him and like it was a disservice to him as well to just like keep doing it just because I don't want to hurt him Mm -hmm. he's he's fine he can take care of himself he deserves also to be happy and to live his authentic life and it is better for him to be single right now and like maybe meet a wonderful woman in the future that like is totally like is vibrating in the same place as him it is a disservice to stay with somebody when you're not vibrating in the same place and vibrating in the same place doesn't mean that they're worse than you or that they're bad it doesn't have to be like that Mm -hmm. but I knew taking that step away and that feeling so foreign to me and being like wow Miranda you're about to make a decision for yourself and you feel it in your gut and you know that it's right but you're so worried it all worked out Mm -hmm. you know like we're best friends I think anytime you follow your bliss you follow your happiness and you are true to yourself 
yes, it is hard, but it is, it is, it is your work and like what you have to do and like what you owe yourself and the other people around you ultimately at the end of the day. So when you love yourself, you love others on a whole nother like collective conscious level. That's insane. And so that is like, your work and you do nobody any good holding yourself back everyone is on their own path Mm -hmm. you know and you have to let people be on their own path and so you cannot deny like your intuition and things like that you just you can't and and it will make you unhappy it will make the people around you unhappy and um that was yeah that was just my truth and stepping away from it was once again I did not, I did not let my, my intuition did not steer me wrong. Like Mm -hmm. I'm happier than I've ever been. My daughter's happier than she's ever been. My ex-husband's happier than he's, than he's ever been. Like he just stayed the night at my house last night with me, my girlfriend, my daughter, like, cause he, uh, he, I'm going out of town this weekend and he wanted to see her. And, um, he was like, yeah, I'll stay the night and like spend time with her and like get up and take her to school for you, you know? And my daughter was in the bathtub and she's like, wait, like daddy's staying the night with us tonight. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, and with you? And I was like, yeah. And she's like and with Kate and I was like yeah she's like oh wow the whole family that's like (laughs) it's beautiful you know and so uh, there is uh you're never gonna steer yourself wrong by like listening to your gut but yeah long story short the biggest thing that holds us back from listening to it I think is because we don't want to hurt other people other people yeah and it I think it's a stigma to think about yourself yeah Mm -hmm. big time Mm -hmm. especially for women it's like horrible to think about ourselves you know mm-hmm. and, and naturally because of we give you know we have the ability to give birth and all these things for cis women it's like yeah like we're born like these nurturing like people who just like naturally feel that way anyway so no we don't want to like block that you mm-hmm. know we are like the the caretakers of the world you know mm-hmm. we're like whatever but it's yeah I mean but also that's where like the witch comes in and being dynamic and knowing you can do both I fully am still a compassionate nurturing person while simultaneously listening and honoring myself listening Mm -hmm. to myself and honoring myself and I can do both and there's nothing wrong with that and one doesn't take away from the other it's this beautiful balance of light and darkness this beautiful balance of masculine and feminine Mm -hmm. and it and I've felt more whole than I ever have in my entire life yeah with this beautiful yeah Mm mm-hmm has making those decisions and following your intuition does it come easy to you now in a way it does come easy to me now mm-hmm. at first it did not it yeah almost it's a hurt. muscle yeah it, it yeah for sure like I would sit there and like make a decision for myself and I would cry and I would cry and I would cry and I would want to go back and I would overthink it and it, and it felt completely wrong for me to put myself first mm-hmm. so yeah no not at first you know and that's the thing is you just, you got to keep going. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so back to Coven, from articles that I've read about you, I like that you aren't so focused on only having this store for people who identify as witches. Like if someone were to come into your store and they don't say they're witch, you think that maybe they came into your store for a reason. Sure. So talk about that a little bit. And do you ever have people coming in and for a negative reason to just question why you're doing this in a way? I've had one woman come in once. Mm-hmm. I don't remember her name. Um, and she was from a Presbyterian church, I think. And she specifically sought us out to, like, save my soul. <laughs> so... 
there was that and then she said something on her way out like okay well when you're ready to like accept the word of the lord and be saved or something like that like this is the address like come see me or like whatever um that was like the one and only time mm-hmm. other than that i've had nothing but support yeah you know and yeah and I do I I believe that everything in our life is divine there are some days where like I'll just be having like a spiritual high there are some days I move through my life and I'm just like blah coffee breakfast do my work you know and then there are some days where like I'm really into like my spiritual path maybe I'm like meditating a lot and like I will just like walk out of my house and I'll be like, hello, tree, and like, hello, grass, and I just love you so much. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe I'll be like driving down the road and like taking my daughter to school. And like, the other day, I was like, there was like this beautiful, like, black man, like, in a wheelchair, like, rolling down the street, like, smoking a cigarette, and like, this dude, like, getting out of the car with mm-hmm. like a neck chat and like smoking a cigarette and like looked all like <laughs> hungover. And I was just like, thought they were the most beautiful people in the world. Uh. Mm-hmm. I just thought they were gorgeous. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I, I could see their higher self. Mm-hmm. I thought that they were spectacular. You know, I'll have days like that where, like, I just see everyone as, like, their higher self. Because of I have seen that. I have, t- like, the night that my parents died, I feel like I was in the spiritual realm. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like I was outside of my body. And I feel like I've touched that now. And, like, I've been in touch with my source. And, like, and like so I see that in people sometimes you know mm-hmm. and uh and so yeah you know there are like moments there are like moments like that that I'll have and I'm just like like wow you know um but what, what was the question you asked me again um just people coming into your oh, yes, store yes, yes. yeah so yeah so like yeah so like when I have those moments you know I believe I guess that every you know not that I guess but I fully believe that everyone is divine mm-hmm. and like and everyone that I pass whether I'm walking by on the street or whatever like if I just brush shoulders with somebody mm-hmm. everyone if there's 10 people who walk by me on the street like they were just meant yeah to be there even that woman who came into the store did you do you see that did you see that in her oh yeah 100 mm-hmm. percent yeah everyone is just meant in every way the person that stands behind me when I get my coffee in line the person who's at the pump next to me when I'm pumping my gas like and and then that includes the people who walk into coven you know everybody comes in here at the right time there will be people too that are like oh yeah like I've been wanting to come here forever since Mm -hmm. you've opened and now you've been open for almost a year and it's my first time coming in and I'm always like yeah that's just divine you know like you just weren't your life wasn't designed mm-hmm. that way. It wasn't set up that way, you know. It was set up for you to come in right now at this moment. And actually, I had one of those moments yesterday because of I was, like I said, just really depressed, like really down and out. I mean, I felt – I could just feel, like, the low-lying energy. Um, and, like, my girl, I, like I, my girlfriend sat here on the couch with me right up until the minute that I opened and was, like, holding me, like, giving me a pep talk. I was just like, you're going to be okay. Like, you could do this. And I was like, yeah, like, I'm still going to open. You know, I'm not going to mm-hmm. go home. Like, everything's fine. And uh, those are all, like, the behind-the-scene things that you don't see because usually yeah. when people come in, I'm, like, really peppy. Right. Like, whatever, you know. But it yesterday was hard to open. And she was like, everyone will come in here. Just, you know, the right people will be in here today, like you say, oh, you know. Like that. And she is like, so, you know, and, and, and totally that was the truth. Like, um, from the yoga class that I had last Sunday, there was a gentleman who came in and, uh, was really like pumped about the class and he's on like this sober spiritual journey, um, trying to like be in touch with his higher self. And he's like really into yoga meditation right now, um, to try to deal with some things. So he's like going around all the yoga classes. So he was like, wow, I think your shop's really great. I'll come in another time. And it was, and he was telling me how he's been on a shamanic journey. Mm -hmm. He's been going to these like shamanic journeys 
things, um, which I would like getting into because that's something I don't I know nothing about. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what the future holds with that. But um, so yeah. So anyway, he came back in yesterday to see the shop because we had everything kind of cleared out when there was yoga and it wasn't shoppable. So he came in, and then I kid you not, there was a woman who came in who went just like that last Friday with him to one of his shamanic mm-hmm. journey things, and they were both in at the same Whoa. time and had really connected. And then they were both seeing each other again, and she's like, "Wow, like I can't believe this." And then we both, like we all three of us, stood around and we started talking about like our ancestral work, and like we just really like vibed with each other. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like they were like the perfect people to come in that day that I could just be my authentic self with because I didn't have to pretend to be like super happy and Mm -hmm. cheerful you know we were talking a lot about like shadow work and like the work that we do and like how it's hard sometimes and so they were like two people who were kind of like living life like I was which is like sober and you know really kind of in your feels a lot and like allowing those really deep like hurtful like emotions to like pass through us and keep going and they were both kind of on that path Mm -hmm. so it was cool so definitely I have no doubt you know and I'll say that every day like you know universe like if there's anyone out there like in the local area that just like needs coven today like send them my way wow you know Mm -hmm. and always the right people come in and and I do I get to do this beautiful work where people all the time tell me all the time like they'll leave and they're like I feel so full or I'm gonna go cry now or they cry in the store and Mm -hmm. like you know and and then apologize and I tell them all the time like you guys have no idea like how much I cry in here and how much even I need coven Mm -hmm. and it keeps me going and um and it was literally manifested out of grief and sadness and despair and it's this beautiful thing and so if anybody is grieving and they need to come in and like you know, and, and and I'm not here to fix their problems for right. them because I can't. But like, just, just a shoulder to hold space. Sure, absolutely, mm-hmm. just to hold that space in maybe a world where they feel like they can't. Because I know that that's the truth. Because I know when I was going through my grief, like I'm sorry, but people were not helpful. And like at work, you know, life kind of just goes on mm-hmm. after those things. People pick up and they they just keep moving on with their life as they should. But it's like people who carry that burden inside of them that have to keep going and they carry it and a piece kind of stays stuck there while all the world kind of keeps going around you and um so yeah I'm more than happy to have a space that like holds space for that for Mm -hmm. somebody who's grieving who have maybe just lost their mother or or whatever it may be and they come in and just need a minute to just be you know and uh but maybe don't feel connected to like a church right or their family's house because maybe there's some distress there mm-hmm. or like whatever if they just need to come in and just kind of like catch a vibe then mm-hmm. like I'm here for that you know yeah, yeah it's beautiful yeah wow um thank you so much for telling your story it's beautiful and I'm so glad that it manifested in this beautiful space yeah thank you thank you so much for having me like literally Mm -hmm. I had so much fun yeah I hope that I did your listeners good oh my gosh they're gonna (laughs) love hearing everything good good Mm -hmm. yeah I hope I uh yeah was uh entertaining enough and um not boring or no you're like definitely that, so. not boring <laughs> um is there anything else you'd like to share with the people um did no, I ring I, you did you did I ring you dry yeah no I, I actually I feel I feel good you know I feel like um I would say I feel like we shared energy and I hope mm-hmm. you feel the same way yeah. you know I feel I feel good actually I feel really empowered after this mm-hmm. and um and and the same thing with your podcast you know like if, if someone's meant to hear my 
my story or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, then um, I hope they get something from it. I know the right people will listen to it. Yeah. And, and that's it. And I hope we shared energy in that way. You know, mm-hmm. it gives a positive spin on things. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel empowered that someone may hear this that needs to because mm-hmm. um, so many people are afraid to, like, live their truth. Right. And so if, if that inspires anybody at all. And so that's it. Just one life. Mm-hmm. that's all I would love for your listeners to take from you know that's the I guess the value that I hope I brought yeah. mm-hmm. is that you really do only get one life and I think once you really grasp that you like wake up with a whole perspective shift right. of just like holy shit like that's right like I do really only get it mm-hmm. one life and like and one life means you don't know what how many years that life is right none of us is guaranteed yeah exactly like none of us is guaranteed to live to be 100 years old my mom died at 47 and was mm-hmm. healthy as can be you know and was right on the verge of like taking off and like you know we're not all promised that and like the time that we do get is definitely for a purpose yeah and and the purpose doesn't have to be huge the purpose is just to be your authentic self and to fall in love with yourself mm-hmm. and that's it it's not to be a Steve Jobs or to be a Mother Teresa that's not everybody's life plan right. you know but it's when you are loving yourself even Mother Teresa would say to people on a community level you mm-hmm. know what I mean like people would always say like oh Mother Teresa like let me come to like Calcutta and do all this stuff in India and she's like how about starting in your own neighborhood how about that you know how about starting with yourself mm-hmm. you know and it's like so not everybody is like large scale like that yeah just you get one life fall in love with yourself be you yeah I think authentic. that's the biggest lesson really is like you said you're not gonna be you might not be a Steve's jobs but I think everyone the purpose is to become your authentic self and design your life absolutely in the way you want yeah because mm-hmm. I mean it's a collective whatever so. scale that's on absolutely mm-hmm. yeah and then, and then that and as long as that's your truth then that's your truth and it's never wrong mm-hmm. your life will not be lived in vain yeah like, you will make the most of it and that is literally what you're here to do and I think it's so beautiful it's amazing thank you so much you're welcome thank you so that was my conversation with Miranda if you enjoyed hearing from her I highly recommend popping into her shop in Lakewood as soon as possible It's a gorgeous and welcoming space. Uh, Be sure to pop in for your new moon or full moon ritual supplies. They also have awesome workshops and weekly tarot reading sessions. So be sure to follow them on Instagram to stay up to date. I will leave a link in the show notes for their website and their Instagram. All right, I'll be back in a few days with a conversation that I had with the founder of Bruella's. It is a super quirky coffee and crepe shop in Lakewood. And for now, that will be the last of my Cleveland interviews. Please feel free to send any suggestions for guests in Nashville. You can email me at museroompodcast at gmail.com. And if this podcast brought value to your life, please take a moment to screenshot this episode, share it on your IG stories, and tag us. It's a super awesome way to show your support for the podcast, and it helps more people find us so we can continue to grow this community. Thank you so much for your support. And for tuning in, I will talk to you soon.